Hello and welcome to another edition of Out of the Blue Podcast from Blue Zion Ministries. Grafted, gifted, and grounded with whole tree theology right out of the 11th chapter of Romans, connecting the covenant pages of the seamless 66 books of the Bible we hold in our hands. We are dedicated to help, encourage, and inspire you to live the Word of God out loud. And now, here's your Out of the Blue host, Evangelist S.J. Norlock. Hey, praise the Lord, everyone. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another podcast of Out of the Blue. I pray that y'all are doing great today. Appreciate everyone that is jumping on board. Uh, Thank you for your prayers, your kindness, uh, by way of uh, just comments, and uh, we're, we're just very grateful for that. There's nothing like the word of the Lord. Uh, that seamless 66, that whole tree theology. Uh, again, I pray that y'all are blessed, blessed, blessed today. Uh, just wanted to say that we're very uh, thankful for those that are uh, arming their closets, as it were, with prayer for Israel, the Middle East. Um, uh, even our nation as a whole, just the world as a whole, uh, a lot taking place. I know we're talking about uh, um, the end time eschatology with j- different churches that we're traveling to, different assemblies. There's a great interest, uh, in some sense, is a great awakening. Um, but uh, we love Israel. I have ever since I walked into a Pentecostal church, it seems like the Lord. Uh, attached me to some kind of, um, you know, affinity with what's happening there. I, I count that a privilege. It's n- not in doing of mine. Um, I-, I love God's people as a whole, Jew and Gentile. Uh, amen. One mind, one accord, one body. Uh, but uh, there's something about the place where Jesus walked and talked. We love to bring people there for that raw inspiration, that millennial feel, that that thin veil to where people can um, just uh, reach out like they never had before. A spiritual landmark that changes them forever. Believe me, you'll never be the same when you step on that holy ground. Um, so, Iretz, Kodesh, Kodesh, Iretz, that holy ground. Um Yes, so my I, I'm just uh, in prayer, been uh, uh, rejoicing in the sense that how God has protected uh, Israel, uh, but at the same time uh, burdened in the sense of prayer and just that feeling, uh, praying for all that are around, uh, for those that would be called Palestinians. Uh, I don't even like to call them Palestinians. Uh, that's a related term uh, where uh, Rome called <laughs> the land of Israel. Uh, uh, Philistia uh, or Palestine, uh, Palestinian people. Uh, it was really a slam uh, against them. So uh, just, but praying for other nationalities in that area. My, there's a lot we could get into. I'm, I'm really amazed at, uh, you know, the dancing and the singing of the idea from the side, uh, dancing around a Torah a scroll while there's rocket uh, fire in the background at night. You can just this this uh, visual of that is just amazing. While those uh, the enemies flying rockets in danger in the background, they're dancing uh, in the midst of danger. Uh, so um, you know it's interesting how that the rockets that uh, Israel uses is to protect their people, whereas the side of the Hamas use people to protect their rockets. Uh, my, uh, it's just, what a world we live in. 
there's a lawlessness, there's a disreality, uh, there's a passivity in the world to capitulate to almost anything that is non-God. And really, it's it's the condition of people's hearts. Some people will go to the greatest lengths so that they can uh, justify their sin. They love their sin more than reality. So they'll speak things that are not even reality. It really comes down to the condition of the heart. Who are we going to serve today? Uh, amen. How does your heart engage in the God that you love? And I say that in the sense, of course, there's one true living God, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, amen. And there's nobody like him. Um, and then you've got the other gods with small g's, uh, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing is, is you, you don't get to determine your reality by the stroke of your will. You know, I think I'm going to be this today. I think I'm going to be some kind of barking dog or uh, you know, or, or whatever it is. You, you, you don't get to determine your reality. Um, amen. Uh, you are what you are. Uh, this world is what it is. Uh, true science proves the Bible right. Uh, and that's powerful, powerful. Uh, understand, saints, that this is a war of annihilation. Uh, you know, when they're quoting from the river to the sea uh, with all of the uh, guerrilla warfare that's going on with the proxies, uh, they've been suckled on hate. Many people have, uh, and uh, it's, it's almost zombified with the spirit of hate uh, and the rawness from hell. So, um, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We read the back of the book and we win. We win. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad I'm not subject to live out my life according to somebody's imagination. I don't need woke. I need to wake up. Uh, so praise the Lord. Thank you for letting me <laughs> spill my heart out for the, about the first five minutes here. Uh, but my, just I thank God for all the churches that are praying and uh, we're believing the Lord, whether it be Psalm 83 or Ezekiel 38. And because uh, there are some wars, according to the scripture, maybe we can get into this more later. Uh, there's many scriptures on the sense that there's going to be several battles before the great tribulation, before the 70th week or Jacob's trouble. Uh, whether it be pre, mid, or post, uh, believers, uh, the thing is, is there's going to be battles. Could this be one of those prophetic battles? Could this be the ensuing of Psalm 83 or something of the like that's recorded in the scriptures? So interesting, interesting times. Wow. Don't get shook up, but look up a redemption's drawing nigh. Hosea chapter number seven and verse number 14. I'd like to read in the podcast today. And they have not cried unto me with their heart when they howled upon their beds. They assembled themselves for corn and wine, and they rebel against me. Though I have bound and strengthened their arms, yet do they imagine mischief against me. This brings us to Hosea. And so within the context of the podcast today, we'll talk about God's sustenance to his people. Uh, How is God's heart in your hands? Uh, and concerning deep forgiveness, deep forgiveness. Also, the scarlet color, if we can get to it today, Uh, a scarlet color concerning the sins and what's happening there in that deep forgiveness. But Hosea 7, you see really what's happening with the historical portion is Hosea is prophesying to the northern kingdom during the reign of Jeroboam uh, and uh, in the 8th century, Jeroboam uh, the 2nd, in the 8th century BC, 
And uh, so this was the time, uh, if I'm not mistaken, just before the Israelites were taken uh, from the north or in the north, while they were in the north being captivated by the Assyrians, taken captive, the exile, the uh, the conquering of Sennacherib and the Assyrians uh, in the northern kingdom. So they had these warnings. Different prophets would come to God's people uh, while they were living in sin. And again, capitulating to the idols uh, of the world, uh, God would send warnings. It's interesting in the sense that King Jeroboam, he encouraged the worship of Baal, uh, the god of the Assyrians, uh, you, you could say in hopes of appeasing them and appeasing them. Uh, and then, of course, he really introducing the worship of the calf, which is reminiscent of the god of Egypt, uh, cattle, cows. I know when we were in Egypt, there was all kinds of underground tunnel tombs that we went to uh, that had uh, huge ossuaries, if you could say, uh, basically caskets out of stone with hieroglyphics on them. Were they for people? No, they were for cows. <laughs> they really worshipped these, uh, believing that uh, they were of um, great significance to them uh, in the uh, from the underworld to their so-called real world. But they wanted to win the allegiance of the Egyptians uh, so that they could help them fight off the Assyrians. Uh, isn't that something how we, you know, that scripture, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. Um, and so just interesting, this was where Israel was. And so this scripture, if you look at it, what's interesting is the word translated, it's translated rebel is uh, sur, sur, which really means to withdraw. The verb here is an imperfect form and should really, in some senses, be translated kind of the future tense, uh, or at least we can look at it in the future tense, um, that uh, they will withdraw in the future. But it seems like after they assembled themselves for corn and wine. So when they were in a bad spot, God gave them corn and wine, wheat and wine and oil, wheat and wine and oil. And so once they get what they need, then they rebel or withdraw and forget about Elohim one more time. So isn't that something to how we live today? Uh, we will run to God when we have a need, but when we have the affliction taken care of, then we go back, forget about him, after he's assembled the field of sustenance before us, amen, we draw back. Now, they were real in their intention. The Bible says that they howled. Uh, Yalel is a particular word. Of course, you have it spelled Yud, Lamed, Lamed. So uh, it's Yalel. There's two Lameds there. And if you look at the letter Lamed, it's really the tallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet other than the Sophites. But if I'm not mistaken, it's a connotation of two hands. When you have two lameds, two hands lifted up, wailing on their beds uh, to, to howl, to wail. We need something. But yet, the, and, and they did, and maybe they were sincere, but they cried out to God with their attention, focused on him for the time. But they forgot to cry out from their heart. So it comes back to how does our heart engage in a God that supplies our needs. I want you to think about that for a while. How does our heart engage to the God 
who supplies our needs. My hands are engaged. My voice is engaged. All physical, five physical senses are alive and well. But how about the inside? How about the, the depth, the heart? Where do we stand in that? So we're so focused on our situation and we don't stop to consider how are we hurting the heart of God in this? Amen. We can cry out, cry out in our need. Don't, don't you remember me, Lord? Why, why don't you do something about my situation? It's almost like a narcissistic way of saying, help me. And look at this. God's grace, the face of grace runs to us. His mercy is so kind. Amen. And he gives us what we need. But yet, because our heart wasn't focused on the heart of God, heart to heart, Amen. We walk away as Israel did, even though he assembled. And I love that phrase. He assembles the corn and the wine or the wheat and the wine. And so what is he assembling to us today? I just don't want my hands engaged. I want my heart engaged. Uh, Hosea's wife ran to other men and Israel ran to make foreign alliances and took on foreign gods. You see, such reactions are not in keeping with the calling of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our heart. We're merely just calling out to him for our immediate desires instead of helping him to be the salve that helps our hurting soul. Amen. My heart has got to engage with him today. Uh, I I look at a particular scripture, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Ezekiel 38 uh, and verse, uh, I believe it's found in verse number uh, 23, I'm, I'm sorry, 37 is where we are in 23. It says, neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them so that they shall be my people and I will be their God. Wow. Does anybody just catch the heartbeat of God there? Can you imagine? And it goes on to say, and David or David, my servant shall be king over them. Of course, we have the one that the king of kings, the Malach alone, the king of the universe that's going to sit on the throne of David in the millennial times. And they shall have one shepherd and shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes. And here it is, and do them. So there's coming a time. Amen, where it will happen. But how about today? There still is this portion of kingdom now where the reconnaissance team since Pentecost that's here for about 2,000 years before that king of kings sits on the throne in Jerusalem millennially fulfilling the Feast of Tabernacles, whereas every feast is prophetically fulfilled, powerful. Um, But are we doing it right now? Uh, So the question (laughs) looms uh, over us, not as something that's burdensome, but something of, man, I get to do this. And so if if you look at, I think it's Matthew chapter number 18, and we find, uh, you know, they say, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Jesus said 70 times seven. And of course, he goes into that parable, how is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants and when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 10, talents for as much as he had, uh, he couldn't pay. And just to kind of give a synopsis of that, of course, this Lord forgives him, sets him free, totally debt free. And he goes to someone that owes him so much less. And then he locks him up. And because of that, 
the initial Lord goes to the one that was forgiven. It says, how is it that, you know, you didn't forgive the one that owed so much less? And of course, his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. And Jesus even says this powerful, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So my the need to ask God to forgive us of those Hosean sins. Forgive my heart for not from my heart reaching out to you. Amen. God's serious about forgiving. Forgive him, my brothers and sisters. Yes, if I've, amen, he that loveth much, he that is forgiven much should love much. And God forgave me of so much, all of us. Amen. And I want to love my brothers and sisters. I want to have the innermost part of my heart healed enough to cry unto the Lord. And so, so could I just kind of finish with Isaiah number one, chapter one and 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And how many know you uh, know that wool is so white, so white, contrasted against, amen, scarlet. But in the days when scarlet was mentioned in the uh, secular, even in the secular times and spiritual times of Isaiah, they would have known what scarlet is. This ileus coccus, this, this um, could I say, little insect, uh, from what I understand, could be attached to a tree. And then in its process, it would begin to decay and become scarlet in color, dried out, spent. But they would take this. Even laborers would pull these from the trees and make it into a red dye, uh, from what I understand, boiled with the temperature where water even turns into the steam in the boiling process. And they would take that color and use it into clothing. So that if you've seen someone with scarlet on, we understand there was sacrifice. We understand that there was a process, a tedious process to make that clothing so bright. So much was, uh, you could say, um, looked at in the eyes of a little bit of drab, a lot of tan, a lot of earthen colors, maybe with some green backdrop. So when something bright, a bright colored bird or an insect or people wearing bright, colored uh, clothes, such as the Tikalit or the blue that we talk about. Wow, you see this sky blue coming towards you or this scarlet. Um, and we recognize, amen, that something so dead, a decaying instant, uh, insect, uh, amen, in the right hands became something awesome. Something dead in the right hands can be transformed into something just beautiful. And I look at the hands of the man from Galilee, the nail scars that were there. Amen. The torture, the temptation, the trial, the tribulation, the test that our God went through. Robed himself in flesh and all of God that could die, died on Calvary. And those hands were riven. And what looked like a dead situation, what looked like no hope, Iron stakes, spikes into the midst of hands. That red crimson blood, that scarlet color, amen, was transformed into life so that we could be transformed and that our hearts, amen, could be just like what they need to be, full of life, heart to heart with our God, not just surface, not just lamed, lamed, howling on a bed, hoping that 
I could have my needs suffice for the time and then go back as Hosea's wife did. No, amen, my heart is fixed, is fixed upon him, amen. Uh, I just know that I know that my God is an awesome God. What's so so interesting to understand that when Hosea was talking, amen, to Israel, prophesying that the uniform that the chariots wore during Isaiah's time in the Assyrian army were of scarlet color. To the degree, and I'm just kind of uh, painting a quick picture here, to the degree that they would get close to the front lines and if arrows hit them, the blood that came from them would mix into the scarlet color to where it looked like they didn't even get wounded at all. Uh, What's going on here? It's almost as if they're fighting against a god to them. Uh, one guy might have a half a dozen, dozen arrows in him. It's like he's not even bleeding. What's going on? It intimidated the enemy to retreat from the charioteers of the Assyrian army. It was almost as if it were a camouflage, keeping the extent of the injuries concealed by the onlookers. You could simply say today then, though your sins be as scarlet, though our sins as if were our hidden sins that cannot be seen by the onlookers. We walk around with our hearts still not right. Oh, hallelujah, today. But those hidden sins can be cleansed by the wonderful blood, that red scarlet blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they're camouflaged, they can still be as white as snow, as white as wool. Amen. Our God is an awesome, awesome God. I just wanted to share that with you today, make you aware of Hosea's predicament as he's actually living out something, amen, that uh, um, God wanted him to live out as a testimony to Israel. This is what you're doing to me. This is how much I love you, and this is how much I'm willing to forgive, amen. With the blood of Calvary, let it cover us, let it help us so that our hearts can reach out He means more to me than what I need. Amen. He's the God of of my heart to heart. Amen. Love you all. God bless you. Praying for you. Please pray for this ministry. I hope this podcast was a blessing to someone. Again, we took it a little long today. Uh, Amen. Thank the Lord for all that those that support us. You know who you are in these times. That little bit of something or a lot of something at times goes such a long way. Uh, Amen. As we travel. Uh, from coast to coast, as it were. Uh, Amen. Our international trips and tours. And uh, amen. We just want to, to do God's will. Thank you. Love you. God bless. Have a great, great day. Shalom. Keep your eye on the sky. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've had your inspiration moment today. As we continue to pray for you, please remember to pray for this ministry as we endeavor to work in the kingdom of God. If you feel led to support this ministry, you can visit us on the web at bluezionministries.com to partner with us in evangelism. While there, you can also find prayer journals and music CDs available for purchase. And be sure to check out our Israel tour information if you'd like to find out more about visiting the Holy Land with us. It's all at bluezionministries.com. We look forward to our time with you next week here on Out of the Blue Podcast. Please invite a friend and remember... Remain zealous over Zion.